Now, we're absolutely delighted to have our next guest on, Shui. He's not only a local legend here in WA who's represented our nation on the world stage, but was also once a major part of a Guinness World Record. We'll get to that in a bit. He's been seen all over our screens here in Australia, as well as the subject of international press and even a documentary. As a proud ginger, he's said before that he produces the power of Chuck Norris, the force of Conor McGregor, and the charm of Prince Harry. A very special sport bloke's welcome to the ginger assassin himself, or as his Ellenbrook secondary college students call him by day, Mr. Alex Roberts. Oh, it's absolutely bloody fantastic and phenomenal to be here. I'll tell you what, that was quite a hype up, and I'll tell you <laughs> what, it's warranted. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> That's it, mate. That's it, mate. I do have to ask, what would happen if your students actually did call you Alex, though? Surely they'd be in trouble. Oh, they'd probably just be, I'd probably just headbutt them. Um, <laughs> just... No, it. metaphorically. Metaphor- it'd be Metaphor- a of course, air, air headbutting. <laughs> That's right, a, a, a hairbutt, which is an air headbutt, not my butt made of air. And what I just also wanted to say is that um, that was a huge hype up, but did say Prince Harry, but unfortunately, he um, is the artist formerly known as Prince Harry. Isn't yeah, he? this he's is true. To, this is, yes, it, this is true. He's, he's reneged his royalty, but he hasn't lost any spirit in my eyes, boys. Oh, he's I a, still he's hold him right a, up there on the ginger pedestal, the redestal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, you're in fine form already. We haven't even we haven't even explained why you're here. Sure, maybe. This is it. Okay. <laughs> so, look, some people might say it's a, a bit of a stretch getting an air guitarist on a sports podcast, but those people can bugger off, quite frankly. <laughs> well, we need Thank all the listeners we can get. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe you know, they can they can hold their horses. Look, according to Oxford, the definition of a sport is an activity involving physical exertion and skill in which an individual or team competes against another or others for entertainment. Tell you what, that doesn't half describe your guitar, does oh, it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Hit the nail on the head, boys. Absolutely. Right, hit the nail on the head. That I'll tell you what, that definition was as soothing as the middle solo in November rain. Oh, oh very nice. Very nice. Very Thank nice. You. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, that's the thing. Air guitar is a competition. You know, like for anyone who's never been to an air guitar competition, get on it. All right, what, you, what you'll discover is that you'll find uh, anywhere from 10 to 24 air guitar players each jumping on that stage for a one-minute solo set and look, there's a lot of mayhem. There's a lot of camaraderie amongst the competitors. But above all, there's absolute fierce fuck yeah competition. Yes. Now we'll get there very soon, won't we? Well, I guess we just wanted to quickly start with a very obvious question. How did you get into air guitar? As fellow yep. Metallica fans, we definitely like this story, Alex. Well, it's true, boys. I was actually at my mate Turner's house and, you know, it was uh, the fade to black solo came on. And I don't know what came over me. It was almost like just the spirit of a Norse metal god uh, emerged within the uh, the realm of my soul, and I just felt myself launch off the couch, and just without any sort of warning, I was just there. My mates were sitting around, we'd had a few beers, and I just we were young actually. I was underage drinking. Sorry, disclaimer. <laughs> and anyways, I jumped off that couch, and I was I wasn't in I was no longer in the middle of a lounge room. I was at bloody Wembley Stadium. I was Kirk Hammett. I was shredding that guitar solo like I'd been playing guitar all of my life. And I realised that years later, I was actually playing air guitar. You know what I mean? 
you were doing it without even realizing what it was. Now, I've happened to see you with Axe in hand, Al, uh, shredding with the best of them, I've got to say. How important is much. it for an air guitarist to play a real guitar, or does it not matter if you don't know a bar chord from a bar stool? Well, I'll tell you what, it's a, it's a bone of contention, but it's a bone that we're going to talk about. I reckon you've got to know where the notes should be. That's what I reckon. But the thing is, you know what, like, air guitar is about spirit. It's about community. It's about people coming together. And really, if you just go there on that stage and just, just have an absolute great time, you know, and just get really involved, I think that's enough. But if you want to, like, sort of win competitions, I think it should look like you are playing, you know, you're playing an air guitar, so the notes have to be on point. Yeah, absolutely. What do you reckon, boys? What do you I, reckon? I, I agree 100%. I actually remember watching way back in the day, late night with Conan O'Brien, a, yeah. a US contestant on the show as his kind of end of show act. And I know that you attended the 23rd Air Guitar World Championships. I actually have a feeling that that person on Conan was from the very first because it would have been around 99, 2000-ish. So Who was it? Was it a guy from C. Diddy? I couldn't tell you who it was, unfortunately, because yeah. it was 20 years yeah. ago now. But, um, yeah, no, but, but what, I, what, what, I, what I did notice is, as a bit of a metalhead and everything, I did notice that they clearly had no idea how a guitar worked. And that's why I was oh. quite interested. Has that changed over time, the kind of perception that you do need to kind of have some idea? Or as you say, it's a bit contentious still. Well, I don't, look, well, here's the thing, right? Because when you actually go to the competitions, a lot of the judges are like sort of celebrity judges, okay? So... Or, so you'll probably get one judge who like is in a metal band, but then you'll get judges who are like radio personalities or, you know, they might be the sponsors or, so you get about five judges. Really about four of those judges have no real idea of how probably a guitar works. So the thing is, you know, like you can be note perfect. The person in the band will be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's graded on three things, you know, it's graded on technicality, which means that it should look like you play the guitar, stage presence, which is obviously the big spectacle, and then anus, which is anus. the genesis oh. qua. Michael Jordan. It's like that. Yes. Obviously, Jordan, you know, has abilities and talents that may far exceed the naysayers would say that air guitar has nothing on on NBA basketball, but I'd say check yourself before you wreck yourself because it could take a quite challenging, mate. But here's the thing. So when I did, I always made sure that it's note perfect, basically, because I did play guitar for a long time when I was a kid and I did take great pride in shredding. So, you, I'll you know, get it. up there and make it look as real as you can, but also have a, just a hell of a fuck yeah time. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Now, Thank mate, you. I know... In the lead up to you heading over, I remember actually you putting something out on Facebook asking for suggestions mm. of songs. And I know mm. Nathan and I both put suggestions. I know Pantera was in there. I can't yeah, remember what choices. I said. Might have been something System of a Down, or I might have been Pantera as well. But how do you nice go about choices. choosing your songs? Like what goes into that process of choosing those songs? Oh, boys, well, these are great questions. You, you lads are just so well researched. Hey, <laughs> really, <laughs> we do. Yeah, really, really nice work. How are, how are your relationships at home? Have you, do you, sometimes do, you, do your wives and partners go, um, you know, you need to be spending more time with us? Because I'll tell you what, the amount of research you put in, you are experts on... Well, it's funny you say that, Alex, because <laughs> my girlfriend refers to Stewie as my second wife. So, uh, <laughs> Surprise me! My, my, my phone will beep and she'll go, oh, yeah, it's your second wife again, is it? Like, about the podcast. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm written she, as I'm first wife in the phone, though. <laughs> <laughs> How do you choose them? Um, yes, the, the song choices. You know what, boys? It's got to be music that you feel passionate about. 
It's got to be songs that have a strong creative force that but makes you feel something. It's got to have like a section of solo because that allows me to show my technicality. But above all else, it's got to be metal for me. I have to play heavy metal, whether it's thrash, black metal, whatever. So I know that the first time I did it, I chose Children of Bottom, you know, oh, who are a okay. Finnish, nice. Finnish melodic metal band, one of my favorite bands growing up. And um, Alexi Leho was just rip, an absolute shredder. Yeah. Thank you, rest in peace. I know, yeah, tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. He passed away last year. But yes, yeah, so I did their song and I've, I, you know, mate, I reckon absolutely bloody crushed it. But came second, you know, that was my rookie year, came second. The journey was ridiculous, but yes. And then I did Parkway Drive last time because I love Parkway Drive and I love, I do love hardcore metal music nowadays. I just love how heavy it is and how thrashy it is. And um, I do like, look, I do like um, change in the song to be like a rhythmic or like a melodic change, which allows me to utilize my movement because I've been, you know, I've been dancing for like 20 years. So I have like a very good understanding of how my body moves and how I can use my body. So I do try to um, combine technicality isolated movement and then combine absolute mayhem and i put those three together and I'll look for a song that will allow me to basically um, amplify that in front of an audience. Now you've opened the door for me, Alex. I happen to know that you might've made a critical I'm, I'm, error. In I'm, I'm a gentleman. I, I, I am a gentleman, um, but I have opened the door for you, but that's my chivalry may come <laughs> back to bite me. What do you, what do you got? <laughs> I happen to know in my research that you may have made a faux pas in choosing Michael Jackson. Oh, no. Yeah, I did. You tell, you said we were good researchers. I hate to say it, but I say it's true. I, I did it. I, I went to Finland. I stood in front of 8,000 Finnish people who were all waiting for me to play heavy metal. And then on came Michael Jackson and the look of disgust that instantaneously <laughs> etched, etched itself over a mass. It was almost like I had killed a child on stage. I could not, and that's, I know that's, that's horrific. Oh, I believe it, mate. Great. I haven't spent much time in Finland, but I have spent a lot of time in Sweden where metal is king, and I can imagine a similar thing happening. I, yes, I was getting, after the show, and here's the thing, I did choose Michael Jackson because the solo is by Eddie Van Halen. Of course, very, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a very technical solo, but um, yep. oh, the Finnish, they have got a great sense of humour, but they are also quite an unforgiving culture, and... Uh, after that performance, I came off the stage and if the looks weren't enough, I had the organiser of a guitar. I had, and the thing is, I get along so well with them all. They walked up to me as, as though someone had died and they, they spoke to me and they just said, I cannot believe that you uh, chose Michael Jackson. We didn't even bother listening to your, to your track. If we had heard your track, uh, Ginger, we would have, we would have strongly uh, advised you not uh, to go with that song. It's just, I, I don't know. I guess we're all just very disappointed. <laughs> we're not angry. We're just disappointed. We're, we're all. I didn't just let down the head of Egantar. I let down the whole fucking city of Olu. Now we'll get back to that in a sec. Uh, you've opened many doors. So another one is, you mentioned Van Halen. I've seen you do the David Lee Roth like splits in the air, man. Like hats off. Oh, yes. That's impressive. Thank you. Thank you, mum. I'm asking you sorry. Nice. Yes. David Lee Roth. Great reference too. So, uh, but yes, I did work at that. My split jump. Well, I worked at that very hard while I was in Chicago. Oh, it's magnificent. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, so look, the Michael Jackson, you know what? Every failure is but an opportunity for learning. So I, I now know never, never, ever, 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 ever again 
to go to Finland and even speak of Michael Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so anyways, that was a huge error. So so thank you. And you know what the worst thing is? Well, I actually also, halfway through, was saying, just beat it, beat it. And I was also looking down at my picking hand because my my hand that's playing, has holding the air pick, there's no guitar when you're actually strumming a guitar if there's no guitar there it does look like well you beating it <laughs> i have noticed that on a couple of videos uh, and dare i say alex you've come full circle here oh, <laughs> oh god i'm sorry boys i know but that's actually that's that's where i was at in my guitar journey i went through a very dark period you know what i mean and, and that's what well it, it is was. finland half the year is dark over there so that's why they're into metal that's very true. Um, but, you know, that's where I, I reached a dark point. You know, I was on stage in front of 8,000 people uh, listening to Michael Jackson as I, as I used a petty masturbation joke, thinking that that was going to get me the number one thing in the world. And you know what? It was, as quoted, very disappointing. This seems like the perfect time to slip in a bit of sports chat. So we've got ourselves a new number one in the world, Iga Swiatek, first Polish male or female player to sit at world number one. It is worth noting they did have a number two, uh, Agnieszka Radvanska, who was number two in 2012. Um, and yep. I guess, you know, throwing to you, Al, on this one, you know, someone who has has been number two in the world in, in something, <laughs> you, can, you can talk to us about how bloody difficult it is even, you know, to get to that level, let alone cracking number one. Oh, God, it's true. Something, something like Agatha, which has like really... Like, no, you can't, you couldn't even compare like how little amount of people do air guitar comparative to playing a game like tennis. Like how many people around the world play tennis and to, to be able to like, like to be second in something so massive and like the amount of pressure that would be on tennis players and the amount of fitness and, you know, the whole life commitment that's required to achieve at such a high level. And the thing is, you got to think like a lot of these people, they're all really putting in the same amount of time you know what i mean because they'd be they'd be putting in hours upon hours at that level it comes down to more than just the time you're putting in isn't it it comes down to your talent your ability your mind oh, frame yeah. your all that other stuff it really does separate the great to the elite you know like how good are you and you know so someone imagine someone who's been second has just been striving so long you're right and then to get the number one i mean okay i haven't won it so to speak but you have really because Barty does retire. You you are number one, and that's you. Like you are now the number one player in the world. That's the ranking, and that oh, the feeling. She must have just been. She would have just been over the moon. The two best words in the English language: default. Default. Yes, yes. absolutely. <laughs> the crazy thing for Schweitzer, she's only twenty. She's just Whoa. a phenomenal player. Oh, there's a lot of good young players knocking about in the women's game at the moment. I yeah. think uh, yeah, it'll really be some nice. that's... fierce contests over the coming years. Yeah, nice. That, and that's, it's great. It's great for the sport, isn't it? Those, those just classic rivalries, you know, that can just permeate and almost transcend generations and time, basically. Because, I mean, we look, obviously, in the, in the male competition, obviously, the Federer and Nadal thing was, was massive, but it was, that, it was that huge rivalry which gave birth to Djokovic, wasn't it, really? Yeah. His, his, great, his greatness really spawned from the greatness of his predecessors. And... Um, you know, they they took it to a level. And then now, how many has he won now? Has he overtaken? No, no. So Djokovic is... Nadal uh, is number one, yeah. Yeah, Nadal's at 21, I think it is. And uh, Djokovic and Federer both sit on 20 at the moment. But you'd well, like to think that Djokovic will pass in the next couple of years. 
You've opened the door yeah. for me again, Alex. You're constantly setting me up. I love it. You're like oh, the, no. the pure point guard, my friend. So <laughs> did, did you guys know about this song by the Bryan Brothers Band? They're the, the oh, Bryans, the, the, double, the, yeah, the, doubles, yeah. the most successful doubles beating the Woodies. So they've got this song called Autograph, right? It is okay. fucking terrible. Anyway, let me read some of the lyrics. Right, Bob Bryan. See the little girl with the Sharpie in her hand. She's walking my way, ignoring her man. Waited two hours to see me move. Now give me that pen and feel the groove. Oh, that is ridiculous. Oh, it gets worse. What? Mike Bryan. So you got your autograph. Now what are you going to do? Take it to the beach or use it at the zoo? <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> Dr. Zeus. <laughs> Or put it on the web to make a little money. These autographs, they're pretty funny. Now, Novak, you, you gave me my opening. From Melbourne to Paris, London to New York, the fans start flocking when I step off the court. My name is the Joker and I sign with a smile. Get me some water. I'll be here a while. Ooh. And then what? finally, Andy Murray, you've got to, you've got to seek this out. It's piss funny, eh? Like Andy yeah, Murray's read is, it's the worst rap you've ever heard in your life. During Wimbledon, it gets me crazy. My hand cramps up and my mind gets hazy. I sign and sign, but the line doesn't end. Wake me up tomorrow and let's do it again. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Maybe you can air guitar to that one. Al, I want to see you air guitar into that one in Finland. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the... I'll tell you what, if I if I bloody air guitar to that in, uh, in Finland, I'd... I'd be having to beat it for the rest of my life because uh, <laughs> that, that, that'd be it. You'd be done. Absolutely done. Oh, it'd be over. That is hilarious. <laughs> now, quick. Oh uh, my god, Andy Murray. He's actually I'm normally a witty guy. I reckon his publicist wrote that. That's that's. No, I can't accept that's Andy Murray. No, nah. it's 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 certainly not Brian Adams. It's definitely the Brian Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that's also a perfect segue for me because I was I was just wanting to talk about something really disappointing in the tennis world and you've given me the great opening with that disappointing song. We're all pure point guards here. So yeah, there's, we been, are. there's been a few incidents recently with players throwing rackets. We had Nick Kyrgios at Indian Wells who narrowly missed a ball boy and then Jensen Brooksby at the Miami Open who, quote, narrowly avoided a ball boy thanks to some very nimble feet. But uh the racket oh. actually did clip the ball boy, which uh, is, is oh. a very interesting one. And yeah. there's a lot of people saying he should have been defaulted and kicked out of the tournament because his racket made contact with one of the, the volunteers. Well, as we say, rules is rules. Rules is rules. Mm. Now, True. Brooksby went on and won that match. He then went on and beat Nicolas Bashilasvili in the round of 64. I think he beat uh, Roberto Bautista Agut just overnight. So now instead of losing in the first round and either being completely stripped of all prize money or winning like 18 grand, he's now into the round of 16 where the prize money is sitting just over $94,500. So oh. it's it's very interesting. He probably should have been defaulted. Yeah, he's considered himself very lucky indeed. Very lucky. Oh, is, yeah, this does sound like quite the controversy. Well, it is, yeah. I mean, like... Why do these players feel that like that's the only option they've got when they're frustrated is to just throw a racket? And I mean, oh, I feel an Oscars reference coming on. What it was? Oh, just random acts of violence. Oh, okay. Yeah. What are you gonna say? Like, what do they do? Go up to the line, the line judge, slap and slap him in the well, face? Well, you know, like... Novak hits him in the throat, so why not? True. Oh my, yeah. Oh God, isn't it love? Love fifteen. Love will make you do crazy things. <laughs> Boys, they just get slapped because you know you haven't scored a point yet, love. Um, 
I can't believe I can't believe Will though using just trying to get himself out of it with every fucking oh god protecting fierce family love makes you do crazy things. No mate, you you did it. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. No, that's know? that's amazing. Yeah. We, we're. Just, yeah. Stewie's not a big fan of this whole I, talking point. I, so. I, I yeah, still sorry. I still think it's staged. No, but... it wasn't staged. <laughs> Oh, I tell you what, no, honestly, for me, it's just, it's toxic masculinity. Like, honestly, the guy going in there, just, I think he just is unhinged. But anyways, I know we're not talking about that, but it's that same sort of thing, like... I agree with you. Look, look at the reactions of the of the male players, certain male players, when they're losing it, and they do act quite violently, you know, when they're breaking rackets and whatnot. I know it's not just another human, but they do vent out their frustration physically. I know female players can too, but I don't think it's as like it's as barbaric as like a male player no. when they do it. And I know maybe I'm clutching at straws here. I don't know, but no, you're not. You're no, just, no, there's definitely the proof's in the pudding on that one. I mean, Alex Ferrer yeah, yeah. smashed his racket on the on the the uh, the, the chair umpire's and chair got off and, very lightly, like, incredibly to, yeah. lightly. Yeah. So it's, you know, yeah, like it's crazy. Yeah, T- tennis really is is also epitomizes male tantrums. Find me another sport where you're going to get as many fucking tantrums by grown ass men. I guess it then makes sense that that Will was in a movie about tennis, King Richard. Yeah, true. But he won won his Oscar for it. To hear the Ginger Assassin talk to the boys about football, tennis, the NBA, and more, please check out episode 95. So, mate, can you tell us a bit about PHC 500? And am, and am I right in understanding you have a case to house your air guitar? Stewie, as always, mate, your research is impressing me. Correct. I have a Signet uh, packaged guitar holder that I do bring with me on stage all the time and I take it on stage and I open it up and I do take my air guitar out of it. Now, my PHC 500 is my favourite uh, air guitar to play with and it obviously stands for the Prince Harry's Charm. Uh, but obviously once he, you know... Turned his back on the family. Um, it's now Harry's charm, I guess, but that can be a bit, a bit misleading. Um, or AFK artist formerly known as Prince Harry's charm. Is that a bit too long? Sound like AK forty seven. I tell you what, mate, firing shots all around, mate. I reckon <laughs> that it's totally, it's totally fine. So um, no, Prince Harry's charm five hundred. That's what I uh, took on my inaugural air guitar journey. Was my weapon of choice, and it served me very well, very well, boys. Yeah. So just when you think the whole story couldn't get any cooler, you actually first competed in an air guitar competition in Aurora, Illinois for the 25th anniversary of the movie Wayne's World. I've got to ask, mate, was it on theme? Did you perform to Bohemian Rhapsody, The Ballroom Blitz, or a song by the Shitty Beatles? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, they didn't play any of it. Oh. You know, I went, I went to, I went, yeah, I did. I travelled to Aurora. My mate Pete, who was living in Chicago, was actually, he's actually from Perth. And um, he found out about it. He goes, Al, there's an air guitar competition. And I said, come again? He said, an air guitar competition. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, air guitar. He's like, the Wayne's World 2050 anniversary. It's up in Aurora. He goes, mate, I've just bought us two train tickets. And I said, mate, where do I sign up? So we got the train. I signed up for this competition. We went to Aurora. And um, there was a phenomenal air guitar player there. His name is Romeo Dance Cheetah. Romeo Dan Sheeter, he, just, he looks like Freddie Mercury. He's got this amazing get-up. I rocked up to the air guitar competition in black tracksuit pants and a um, Justice for All t-shirt 
I had some. I had my um, sneakers on, so I could move. I just looked like a you know a sixteen year old bogan who listened to metal music, basically. Please tell me, Alex, uh, on theme, you also had a badge and hairnet. <laughs> Sorry, Wayne's World's one of my favourites. Oh my god, I love it so much. I didn't. I didn't. I it was just more of an honour to go there for the air guitar thing, but because I'd never done air guitar before, but I I went into like I used the Slayer song Cryonics, which is one of my like favourite Slayer songs, and it was from like nineteen eighty one, so it was like a like a, a great track for just like it's thrash metal but it's also like has got like a punk influence so like i just focused on getting that song right basically and because i loved it so much when i was a kid so that was my main focus so i didn't put any thought into the costume or like the wayne's world thing or nothing i was just totally focused on the performance you know and when, and when i got there there was like only maybe six or eight competitors but there was romeo dance sheet and there was his um wife at the time she was an air guitar player too there was three of them and there was a massive, there was like 200 people watching. And then like, I'm not going to lie, I absolutely destroyed it on stage. And the um, they have like, they have an improv round. So I made it to the, the top three go through. So I went through to the improv round and they were like, oh, um, so it's a song that they've edited together. And they actually chose ACDC, Thunder. Nice. As, as the track. And I was like, Pfft. No, this track like the back of my hand. I guess most people do, but I was like, and Australian as well. So I ended up blindfolding myself and like standing on top of this really tall like chair. It was sort of like up on like a speaker. And then I just did the big split jump off it when the drums kicked in. And they were just like, this guy's crazy. And then I ripped the blind off and, and, I, and, I, and I won it. And they were like, you've now, you've now got, um, you know, you've got a place in the um, Midwest regionals now because you won this one in Aurora. And I was like, really? I was like, oh, cool. And, then, and also there was this female in the crowd. She was a medical student in um, Aurora and she was beautiful. And we ended up just having lots of drinks at the bar. And I was like, this air guitar thing's actually paying off. Like, you know, it's, right. it's, it's, it's totally ridiculous. But it was like, there was just a lot of people, met a lot of really cool people. I was having all these great conversations with like, or just all these people. I was like, this is great. But yeah, so then I won that. And then I got to the Midwest Regional, which was in Chicago, which was massive. So, okay, so then I got to this one and I was like, oh, great. I'll just do the same song that I did, just do that Slayer track. Anyways, it was like a couple of weeks later. And then because I was living in Chicago at the time, so then I went down there. Um, I went down, uh, oh, where was it? It's that a really famous place in Chicago. Oh, like a, it's an awesome bar. It's in a place called Wicker Park, which is a dope area of Chicago, really nice neighbourhood. Like it's a bit run down, but it's like, it's sort of gentrifying. It's like got like a feel of like, it's like a Mount Lawley type vibe or like a Maylands type vibe, really. And so we go into this bar and like, it's it like, it can fit 600 people in there. And it was sold out. So there was 600 people and there was 24 air guitar players. And I walked in and I realized how seriously some of these air guitarists play it. Like they were dressed to the absolute nines and some of them have been doing it for like 10 years. And I just rocked up again in my black tracksuit pants in my Injustice for All shirt and my sneakers. That's all I had. And I was just like, Oh my God, like I'm underdressed. I'm under, but I knew that I was prepared for the performance because I had practiced it so much because I, I wanted it, you know, and I knew I had the skills. Anyways, then everyone draws numbers out basically as to when you're going to go. So everyone's up there together. It's a really good vibe, you know, people are like really, they're very energetic, but everyone's like super friendly. But really, everyone's just like to miss it, you know what I mean? Because like, what are you doing? You go on stage like pretending to play a freak guitar to like rock metal music. Like, it's just that shit ridiculous. And that's why I love it. And everyone there in the crowd is loving it because it's just got that competition element. There was a rider and they brought him like two cartons of PVR. 
it's like uh, the equivalent of one draft basically it's their pbr i like it i really like it but um it's like their swan draft basically and they've had like three bottles of jack daniels for the rider and everyone was sort of having shots at the back having a party time and then um we all did our performances and i was like oh i don't know if it was enough you know because a lot of them had like they were just like spectacular with their costumes and everything. I was like, oh, I don't think I've made it because they were taking only the top five through to the next round, which was the improv round. And I was like, oh, I needed to get to the improv round because I know because because again because of my dancing and just because of the listening, like it's really important to listen to the track and the cut and the improv round. But I knew that's where I could shine, so I didn't think I got through. I didn't think I had a high enough score, so I went out the back and I just started having shots of Jack Daniels like to drown my depression. I was like, I didn't make it, bang, bang. And oh, no, bang you've it. prematurely written yourself off. I did, I did. I <laughs> prematurely wrote myself off, rat shit out the back. And then um, after the 24 air guitarists had gone, I drew the number 13, which was a good number. But then there was another 11 air guitarists, and I thought I didn't make it. Anyways, I'm a bit pissy. There was five judges. One of the judges goes, hey, congratulations, dude. You, you, you made it. And I was like, well, have I made it to the next round? They're like... They're like, well, there's going to be an air off. I was like, an air off. They're like, yeah, three of you got the same score, so you're gonna you're gonna battle it out in an improv round, and then the winner of that will go to the next round. I was like, I'm drunk. I was like, Alexander, you bloody idiot, you've bloody written yourself off. You, you know, you bloody as you said, nice. I jumped. The, I prematurely wrote myself off. There's a lesson there too, isn't there, Alex? I guess <laughs> there is a lesson there. Yeah, I just slap my, I just slap myself two or three times and get myself coherent. Anyways, I went out there and I managed to beat the other two and I made it to the next round. And then I drank like quite a lot of water and then I listened to the improv track and I was the second one out and I got a perfect score in the improv round. Is that 36? That's sixes, isn't it? Well, it's straight sixes, but they they strike them so you can only get a maximum of 18. So, so So which is three sixes, which is? The devil's number, the number of the beasts. Absolutely correct. It's I've got six, to say, six, Al, six. your your favourite football rule in the AFL must be the six 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 rule. <laughs> I must admit, when it when it did come out, I did throw out the devil horns. <laughs> that should I be the signal. Just... That should be the signal the umpire does when someone's oh my God, it should, they should put up the horns. They <laughs> should put up the fucking horns. <laughs> That'd be amazing. So I came second, but I lost to Romeo Dance Cheetah, who was the guy dressed up like Freddie Mercury. He's amazing, right? So he won. So so I lost to him. And then I realized like that the Slayer song wasn't going to cut it. So I was like, yeah, because I realized, so I came second, right? The party was awesome. Everyone was having a great time. The vibe was sick. But I realized like I wanted to win, right? And they said that, yeah, well, congratulations. You came second. So now you've qualified for the Nationals and they're going to pay for me to go to Washington, D.C. for the Nationals, which is the top 24 in the country. And Egerton is a pretty big thing in the U.S. So I was like, well, I'm going to need something bigger. And that's when I found the Children of Bottom track. So I did uh, the Children of Bottom track and I worked really hard at it. And then when I was at the Nationals in Washington, I beat Romeo Dance Cheetah. Hey, um, the apprentice yeah, I beat him. the master. I, I did. I beat the master and then I came second in America. And then they um, paid for some of my flight to Finland. And they're like, well, you're in the Worlds now. So I got to the Worlds, the World Championships in Finland, you know, and then I did the Children of Bottom track there and I ended up coming second. I swear to God, it's a ginger thing. Second in Chicago, second in US. And then I came second in the world in my my rookie season. Which is incredible um, when, you, when you consider all the people out there in the world that have been doing it, as you say, for 10 years. Oh, yeah. 
it's, yeah. it's an incredible achievement to even make it as far as nationals, let alone make the worlds and come second. Absolutely. It was pretty, it was pretty good. Thank you. I mean, like, but that's the thing. Like, I just tried to make it, you know, like the guitar playing accurate, you know what I mean? And then also like just make it a real big spectacle. But then it was, yeah, Finland was just incredible. And the whole the whole air guitar community is just such a special community. Like, because really what you're doing is just ridiculous, but it's the way that you do it with maximum conviction and you take it very seriously, but you just have to laugh at it too. You know what I mean? But there are some people that just take it to that next level. And uh, when you go to Finland, you really see those people. So, yeah, it was amazing. And that really is my air guitar journey. I guess the next thing we just wanted to quickly touch on, these exploits have been documented and just actually part of a, a Tropfest finalist that, uh, that they did on your journey. And yep. we got to see a lot of, I suppose, the early days stuff. And then also... We got to see the teacher. We got to see the teacher side of you as well. We got to see you heading yep. across to Finland. I mean, what was that whole experience like recording that yeah it was quite surreal really because then you know you got like a camera crew following you around that's when like signet who have been just amazing like they sort of like oh so tom sergeant wrecker so sergeant wrecker he's like the guy who runs air guitar australia right and he is just such a great dude and he he just i swear to god he lives for air guitar he lives for it did he design the logo uh, i love the logo hey it's fantastic yeah yeah yeah, exactly he's the guy behind all that right and he's a legend and i met him in finland because he was in finland when i was there and he's just like ginger he goes fucking hell mate he goes you're fucking you're wild ginger he goes babe we're gonna put a guitar in australia we're gonna do this and i was like fuck yeah i was like this guy's crazy i love him (laughs) you know and then he he ends up like linking up with signet and um so the guy the guy who um who's big up in Signet, like Big Boss Ginge, I call him. His name's Matt Matt Henry. He's a ginger. So, you know, it was just, it was fate, really. Our paths were destined to cross. So we, we you know, we combined and then they, they sponsored me, you know, and then they, they tracked my air guitar journey here. So then, like, you know, I won the West Coast. So then we ran air guitar comps around Australia, you know, so I won the West Coast one and then I won, then I won the Nationals and then I went to Finland and then they were tracking the whole journey. But what happened in Finland? What song did I do? Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. I did the bloody beat it track, Nate. Stewie, yeah. I went in and did the bloody beat it. I didn't Sorry. want to say it because I, I know it's, it's touchy. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> you didn't want to say it. You're too nice. No. Nah. I appreciate it. I respect that about you, Stewie. But, you know, it's true. Like, I, I did the Michael Jackson song. So it was only my second one. And then I went over there with a, a joke about beating it. And ironically, I beat myself. So... <laughs> I got to yeah, say, I, I loved your interview on ABC where you said that you were playing with your areolas on stage oh. and, <laughs> and your students you. found that video. And not only that, but immigration okay. in the US saw that picture. Oh, what a story. What a story. It's, it's true. Well, that's the worst thing because when I came back to teach at Ellenbrook, the thing is like two years, like not that long in an adult's life, but two years in like a teenager's life is freaking massive. Like when I got back to Ellenbrook, like a lot of the kids, you know, a lot of the kids just didn't really know who I was and whatnot. And then they found out about the air guitar thing. They go, who's a ginger assassin? So I was in media class. I've got a bunch of year eight kids find out about the ginger assassin. So what do they do? They bloody punch it into Google. What does Google show? The first image that comes up is me grabbing my nipples furiously. Oh, I guess you were airing your grievances then. Oh. <laughs> I was. 
Absolutely. And that was the move that actually got me second place in Finland because yeah. I was like, what's Ernest? They're like, oh, you just got to do something that's like, you know, transcends. And there was this bit in the song that had, it was like, there's a breakdown that was like, ah, and then, and I was like, what could you do there? And everyone was like pretending to scream or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, the areolas. I'm going to rip my jacket off and just squeeze my nipples. And, and look, I don't have my nipples aren't very pronounced, but thank God for that one degree weather in Finland. When I tore that jacket off in front of thousands, they were at, they were at their prime point, figuratively and metaphorically. I've got to say, speaking of your jacket, I love your get up. I love your kind of uniform or, or your look for your character. But the thing that I really loved in the doco was where you had your microphone attached to your chest hair <laughs> instead of the instead of your jacket. I thought that was that was so rock star. That was classic. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I know yeah. I, it would have been unfair if you know my my ginger chest fur didn't get any attention. So thank you for noticing that. <laughs> it's true. I love that you picked that up. So, Al, coming second in the Worlds in your first ever, I mean, that's incredible. You, you went back there. Unfortunately, you didn't go quite as well, but even getting there is an amazing achievement. I've got to say, I think she was called Seven Seas. The Japanese oh, girl, her performance was just magnificent, wasn't it? I know, right? Yeah, the, theat- oh, the theatrics brilliant. behind it, that's what I love. Yeah. Yeah, she's something else, hey? She And she's so nice. She's such a lovely person. Like, the Japanese are all so lovely. The thing is, like... Whenever I see them, like we, you know, we go, we're having drinks and like, you know, we party, but we can't speak a word to each other. But we we communicate just through gesture, facial expressions, and energy, I guess. And yeah, she she's something else. Nanami is her name. I mean, she's a great actress, you know. Like she really, and I, I've never seen that done like that before because I I didn't realize like she uses because you only allowed one minute right to do the track. She actually used like a minute beforehand to set a story, you know, which was like such a great idea. You know, she did like that sort of Cinderella type story. Yeah, that was transformation. Fantastic. Exactly. So she showed the the idea of transformation, you know, so she was like a servant cleaning the floor and then the music dropped and then she just like tore off her like her servant outfit and then, you know, beneath it was just this rock outfit and then she just, she just became this like enigma on stage and she was just incredible and like yeah she totally deserved to win it so um yeah but and that, again like it was wonderful to see that because then i was like oh yeah i could do a bit of this stuff so the next time i went i did like a robot thing beforehand but uh got me second again second in the world again so i've come second in the world twice so al there's a bit of conjecture about what the song highway to hell is actually about i've heard that it's about Canning Highway because ACDC used to refer to the Raffles Bar as hell and the only way you could get there was by taking Canning Highway. But Stewie told me today... I've heard other rumours that it was to do with all the fatalities that used to happen there with the drink driving back in the 70s. There's yeah, there's a couple anyway, of stories out there. Oh, yeah. anyway. Regardless. So you were part of a successful world record air guitar attempt at Perth Fest, beating the previous record that was done to Ozzy Osbourne's Mr. Crowley, i got to say, RIP Randy Rhodes, RIP Taylor Hawkins recently too. But anyway, I'm, I'm digressing. That successful attempt saw you lead 3,722 people in, well, what do you call it? An airing? Tell us about it. Oh, I'm more than happy to call it an airing. <laughs> I think if anything, that's what it should be called from this moment onwards. It was an airing, okay? Now, listen, 3,722, all right. Am I happy with that? Yeah, I'm happy with that. But how many people were actually playing it? I'll tell you right now. 
there was a shitload more than 3,722. Guinness World Records sectioned a part off so they could count how many were in there. Uh, we were on an oval. We were on a freaking football oval for crying out loud. Could fit like 20,000 people on that oval. The oval was absolutely chockers. Well, Perth right? had 100,000 people go through it, I read. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. So the oval was chockers. There would have been a, at least 10,000, if not more, probably 12,000 people on that oval, right? If there was 3,722 that were in, and there was more because they said some people weren't playing it, so they took like a couple of hundred off. I think they let 4,000 in there, but they excluded 278, like as if they could count it. I'm looking at you, Guinness. Anyway, then we started playing, myself and Billy Damage, who is an air guitar Perth icon. He's an absolute legend. Big shout out to Billy Damage. So Billy Damage and myself were up there. It was hosted by Wolfie, Russell Wolf, who, um, bless his soul. Oh, rest in peace. He passed away. I saw him at the pub where I do the quiz, like two days before he passed away. And I nearly went up and said hello. I know, because I love Wolfie. Yeah, oh, just terrible. Yeah. Oh, he was such a such a character. So oh, yeah, so so I know, I know, and so devastating. But yeah, so you know, but up on that oval, I I shit you not, in that little box, that box with there's three thousand seven hundred and twenty well, four thousand people in that box. That was like honestly, like probably a tenth of the ground. There were and that was at the very back. So we had like thousands upon thousands of people up the front. I've got footage of it. And because we ran them through like a demonstration of what we're going to do with all the moves. And then we started doing it. I swear to God, everyone on the Oval was doing it too. They were all doing it. Oh, shit, you know, the, the numbers should be at least like 8,000. At least 8,000. And Scandal. Do, we, do, yeah. we call, do we call that an air ball? <laughs> we, By Guinness? Yes, we do. We do call that an air ball. Because it's an underwhelming uh, result on what we thought was going to... But we can just call it Ben Simmons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll get there shortly. It was a, it was a total Ben Simmons moment, you know. Like we thought that Guinness were going to turn up, and they just turned out really. So, but you know what? All of that aside, myself, Billy Damage, on stage, shredding to Highway to Hell, ACDC, the masses in front of us playing it back. The energy that was created was something biblical, and I reckon. Bon Scott would be fucking proud, boys. Amen. Amen. Unfortunately, we, we intended on going. We had every intention of going. And I can't even remember why, but unfortunately, we had to pull the pin at the last minute. I'll tell you wow. what, if ever you try and increase that number, I'll be there with bells on. Bells bells, you probably had Oh, yeah, nice. You might have actually had um, plans with your wife. So she she might not have wanted your second wife to. I mean, yeah. oh, she, it? she's a rocker. She would have she would have dug it actually. So yeah, I can't actually, remember. We talked actually, about it. Your wife is is fucking. Actually, both of your wives, they're both fucking cool. They are awesome. So we've, we've done big shout, right. big shout out to both of your wives. And, I'm you know, definitely like, punching above my weight. There's no doubt about well, that. Well, I didn't want to say it, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the ACDC story, lads. Beautiful. Love it. So I suppose just quickly before we wrap up this part of the show, obviously got to ask the question, mate. You've you've come second in the world twice now. Yep. Is the fire still there for the ginger assassin? Are you trying to reach the pinnacle of the mountain, become that number one? The fire's still there. Yes. Oh, it's good. <laughs> the fire is still there. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm approaching that hill though, boys. Body's getting sore. Knees are beginning to ache. But I'll tell you what. There is one more thing that I need to get done. One more thing that needs to get done, mate. And that's 
the elusive number one. Awesome. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to go for it. I've got to go for it. So hopefully I can get back to Finland. Hopefully I can do it this year. I'll, I'll give it a good crack. And it's funny you mentioned your knee because I saw that footage of you getting your knee caught in the table. Was that at the Perth Peaks or something? And like, oh, it was so funny. So the guy's like, you're not allowed people on stage. Everyone's like, boo. But well, you basically broke your leg in half. So we'll allow it. Like, Yay. <laughs> it's true. I oh, know. Thank God, thank God I'm still quite flexible because fucking hell, mate. My foot was basically above my head. Mm. And, uh, but I, I fell through, but I managed to pull my foot out and still play. So, so it all worked out in the end. Well, it's quite lucky because I seem to remember in the earlier years when we used to hang out, you you had issues. Was, was it the knee or was it the ankle that you had issues with? No, it was the knee. It was, it was the, the knee. knee yeah. So, so that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, that's quite lucky, really. No, I've had I've had big issues with the knee ever since I was fourteen. Really, I've had a couple of reconstructions, you know. But still going. I mean, if you look around that corner, boys, I look around that corner, I see a knee replacement. But I'm not going around that corner just yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still trying to get maximum worth out of my knee. We're very glad to hear you're not hanging up the air guitar just yet, mate, if you can hang up air. Alex, thank you so much. The Ginger Assassin, you've been so generous with your time. We've had an absolute blast, a lot of fun. Thank you so much. We'd love to have you on the show again. Now, absolute legends. Uh, lads, I've had an absolute cracking time. Been so good. I mean, we said we're going to have a chat for maybe 45 minutes. We've spoken for in excess of two hours. Yes. And as we said before we started it, if there was a uh, MVP award for just a pack of blokes that just talk absolute shit, we would all be in the running. We are the Joel Embiid's and the Nikola Jokic's. We're all first team. That's You're an honorary sport bloke, Al. You are Absolutely. officially an honorary sport bloke. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. Thank you, boys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Cheers, lads. Legend. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to this Sport Bloke segment. Check out their Twitter at Sport Blokes.